Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Casual Shooter Podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to have two more guests on. Um, you've heard us lovingly refer to them as the Canadians. It's Mike and Lise Mahoney. Um, it'll be a very interesting conversation. We've got lots of questions for them. So before we get into the interview, do you guys have anything pressing since our last episode you want to talk about? Uh, we're shooting on Saturday. That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, not super pressing, but I'm excited to, to get out and shoot and, uh, it's and a classifier. Will... So hopefully uh, oh, better. Right. Yeah. Special it's a special man. classifier one. So hopefully I'll, I'll either myself or Huggy or the both of us will start to move up the rungs. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I, was trying to, I was trying to leave the whole thing out now and I'm starting to get butterflies now again. Thanks. You're welcome. You're fine. All right. That's pretty much it. You'll be good once you get that first hit out of the way. Exactly. That's all I need. Just the first hit. Now, is this going to be the final match for both of you for this season? Oh, for me, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I say yes, but, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes I just, if I I have enough ammo, I might have to be digging around like, oh, is that a bullet in the bag? Oh, that's one. (laughs) But uh, uh, I think this is probably going to be it for me also. Um, just with the weather and Leo and I have the experience of shooting no- during the winter. I don't want to do it again. Up in West Virginia <laughs> on the mountain. I don't want to yeah, do it again. It's cold. Yeah. There you go. So this is probably our last one. Yeah, I'm I'm already done. I'm taking a break till the beginning of December. And then I'm going to – I'm already planning my dry fire training so when I start up in December, I will have a plan already in place, what I'm going to do, the things I'm going to focus on to improve um, those deficiencies that I found from the last couple of months. So, all right. Hi, honey. Thanks for joining us, buddy. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. Hey, guys. Hi. How are you guys? Pretty good. Good. Uh, sorry about that. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, dinner was actually pretty good, so I was kind of feeding my face and kind of lost track of time. Papa Bear needed a nap, didn't he? <laughs> yes, Papa Bear needed a nap. It's okay. Priorities. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. I gotta uh, say, we had a bit of a shock leaving the uh, 85 degree weather in florida and came back here and it was snowing so oh. <laughs> that's different well here's my question to you did your gun make it back home we're gonna ask that in the interview <laughs> Wait, oh, we can, i've been recording since minute one so since huggy asked him how they were doing we're gonna start it there okie dokie <laughs> so did your gun make it back yeah, actually, they didn't uh, mess it up uh, on the return trip. But, uh, of course, then there wasn't the urgency for it to arrive in time. But uh, True. It, And this time it didn't end up on my neighbor's doorstep either. So that was good. <laughs> Which has okay. happened before. Or in Houston. <laughs> so for the audience, we need to back up about a month. 
and explain what we're talking about. What happened on your flight down? Well, the flight was great. The problem was when the bags started coming out and they kept coming out and uh, then they stopped coming out and there was no case that had our guns in them, which was a little bit troubling. So um, we talked to the agent and they had no idea where they were, but we're going to get back to us. And Anyway, it was, turned out to be quite an ordeal. We eventually got them three, three days, days later. Another airline found them somehow. <laughs> and a very conscientious employee at United Airlines decided to track me down because their supervisor told them to send it to the warehouse in Houston, which apparently means it's like going into a black hole, never to be yep. seen again. So. So yeah, that was fun. We drove to the airport at what nine or night back to Tampa to get your guns, and it was not fun. No. Now, were you guys staying in frostproof at the time, or were you up by Orlando? We were in frostproof. Yeah. So okay. Bit of a drive, but it was uh, nice to get them back. Oh, I bet. Hmm. So that's why Huggy asked if their guns made it back because they almost didn't make it the first time. So yeah. that was that was my first question I was I wanted to ask you guys, which we talked about a little bit um, during the award ceremony. But you guys travel around and shoot, which is very nice, which is awesome. I'm very jealous. Um, but how is it traveling internationally? as shooters well it's it's uh it's a lot of fun it's um i highly recommend it we met a lot of nice, nice people. people that we keep in touch with but um it's something you have to be prepared for in addition to airlines potentially losing your baggage which Luckily, it hasn't happened any time we've traveled overseas. No, you just almost ended up in jail, but other than that. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have That's another story. <laughs> so you're saying you're on the run. <laughs> you just have to know all the rules and regulations of where you're traveling. That's well, sure. And that's where I was going to go next. How do yeah. you even find out all the rules and regulations? You you have to do some homework. Fortunately, if you're attending uh, a big match, usually the organizers will send you information telling you everything you need. Um, so you'll have to know what you have to do on your end. So when you're leaving the U.S., unlike most countries, you don't have your most of your firearms registered. So you actually need to register them with the CBSA before leaving so that when you come back you can prove that you had it before and you weren't smuggling a, a new gun into the country. So that's one thing you have to do. And then every country you go to have different different rules and based on experience, follow those and take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
What country were you in that you almost ended up in prison? Well, we went to a a great match in the Czech Republic. It's called uh, European Extreme. 30 stages in, in three days. Wow. They're all challenging. It's it's incredible match. In fact, when we shot it, every single one of those 30 stages had a moving target, at least one swinger, bobber, runner, just yeah. uh, wild. Anyway, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> something to put on the to do yeah, list for sure. Uh, Czech Republic recommends that you register your firearms before going, but it's not absolutely required. We tried to register them with the Czech embassy before we left, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Hmm. So instead of pushing the issue, we just flew there. We arrived in Czech Republic. We pick up our guns and then we start asking around. We we need to see the police to tell them we have guns and register them. And and so then uh, two police officers, uh, I guess the airline people found these two police officers who came up to us with their submachine guns and said, what do you need us for? And we said, well, we have guns and ammunition. We want to properly register them. And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. Oh, they, did they take pictures? I think they took pictures or something. They took a picture of us and the stuff and then said, don't worry about it. We're like, I think we need a form. And a piece of like, paper or something. They're like, leave now. You're good. So. <laughs> we shot the match. And- we shot the match, which uh, was, the match was great. Unfortunately, after the first stage, someone came running after our squad yelling, Who's shooting hollow points? Mm. That was him. <laughs> and I say, Oh, that's me. And they said, Well, they're illegal in the Czech Republic. I'm like, Ooh. Oh. Well, the police, oh. police didn't tell me that. <laughs> and I checked it on the sign in form, and you didn't tell me that. So, anyways, I kind of got a get out of jail card there. So, don't use hollow point bullets in the Czech Republic, okay? Roger that. Noted. Only noted. <laughs> So that was the that was the warning. That wasn't too bad. Um, the main issue was when we went to leave the country, and we check in at the airline, and we say have we have firearms. And in the Czech Republic, everybody loves guns, so they're all oh we want to see these, we want to see what's going on, and um, and the police come over and say well. Uh, well, we need to see your permit before you can get on the flight. <laughs> We're like, well, when we came to the airport, they didn't want to give us a permit. So the guy said, oh, that's really bad. Having guns with... What did he say? How many that's, years jail that's, time? That usually is jail and uh, and at least a fine. So I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, oh, my God. He goes to jail. Do I still get on the plane? Or <laughs> Anyway, we we managed to convince them that uh, that their fellow colleagues let us into the country without a permit, and oh, they asked for descriptions of the officers oh, yeah. and everything. And 
Those two so, Czech guys over there. Like. <laughs> so it took an hour or two, but uh, we did get on the plane. We didn't go to jail, and they didn't make us pay a fine on the spot, which apparently is common in some countries, too. So bring extra cash just in case. <laughs> right. The fine you were going to pay. Right. Yeah. Did you put right in their pocket? Right. Yeah. I... It seemed that's where it was headed, but uh, anyway, we managed to uh, dodge that bullet. But it just shows you have to have your paperwork in order and follow all the rules. All right. Sounds like like an episode of uh, Locked Up Abroad. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty much very close to that. So now that we're five minutes into this, go ahead and introduce yourselves, and if you would, what divisions you guys shoot in Ipsic. Um, uh, hi, I'm Lise Mahoney and um, I shoot uh, production uh, in Ipsic and been shooting, I think we started in 2014, I believe. So I've always been shooting production and thinking I might dabble in, you know, maybe production optics or curie optics, but uh, Okay. All right. I'm Mike, and I shoot uh, usually with a dot because my uh, sight isn't so great anymore for the iron sight. So I either shoot uh, carry optics or uh, open, which I prefer to shoot open. But if you travel internationally, it can be really hard to find uh, the right ammo. So Mm -hmm. another travel tip. (laughs) <laughs> does uh, now what mike what caliber um do you shoot in open uh 38 super comp okay i can see where Which, that would be difficult yeah it's the most common open caliber in the states but in europe it's pretty rare in most parts of the world so what are they and shooting for open Mm-hmm. Uh, e- just either 38 Super or uh, a lot of 9 Major. And then in some countries, they've got weird calibers because military rounds are illegal. So, for example, they might shoot 9 by 21 instead of 9 by 19 because okay. in many countries, 9 by 19 is their official military caliber. And so, by the way, if you go to Italy, make sure you don't have any loose nine mil rounds in your range bag or there's another another uh, trip to the Locked Up Abroad uh, TV show as well. <laughs> wow. Now, I'm wondering, would nine millimeter plus P plus be major power factor? I don't, I've never, I mean, I can't, I'm not supposed to shoot it through my canic so i've never tried it i have no idea i guess if you put enough powder in i i do have uh, on some of my open guns nine major barrels too so sometimes i'll load nine major which is for almost any power powder you're pretty much completely filling the case and yeah you're almost camping the bullet down onto the powder yeah so um, what gun do you, what guns do you guys shoot in competition? 
So um, I shoot a, a CZ Shadow uh, 2. That's CZ. CZ. Sorry. I was CZ. about to say for everyone else that listens to us, <laughs> Z is how smart and fancy people say Z. <laughs> or Canadians. Or Canadians, yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah. smart and fancy people. <laughs> I, I, if I'm shooting uh, carry optics, I shoot a uh, Shadow 2 as well. And in open, I have um, an Infinity. Oh, okay. 11, yeah. Have you been shooting an Infinity the whole time you've been shooting open? Uh, no, I got these about two years ago. I I tried a number of, I started off with actually a CZ um, open gun, and uh, it was pretty good, but then I found the 2011 platform, liked it, so I had an STI for a few years uh, but then i saw infinity and thought oh those look really cool blingy so but you like the way it shoots <laughs> it's actually a like product it. of it looking so good it's like oh it shoots nice too they're very how would i put much more obnoxious they uh, send wow. a lot of gas out they work well but uh, they are pretty allowed so he tends not to shoot open here in the winter time because we shoot indoors. So mm. it's very loud. The arrows. <laughs> the arrows don't like you then. Yeah. No. And what optic are you using on that? I've got um, Seymour RTS2 on my open gun. Okay. And uh, on the. Um, Carry optics gun. I'm running a Trijicon SRO. Okay, so I take it then your open gun is slide mounted with your Seymour. I mean, uh, your frame mounted Seymour. Yes. And then slide yeah. mounted SRO on your carry optics. Yeah. Okay. And um, I don't find a big difference between when you're sight picture if you're looking slide or frame mount. Oh, no? Um, it doesn't. Okay. I, I don't find Maybe my eyes are just too slow to notice the difference. <laughs> so have you guys listened to any of the other podcasts by chance? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, what was the first one we listened to? Well we, listened, well, we listened to your day one and two of oh, nationals. Yes, that's right. When we get, okay. we get back. So it Is it great. because we talk about you guys? Because <laughs> we've mentioned well, you a, a couple of times. You know, what's, what's the story out on the street there? We like talking about you guys because a, a lot like Casey, you, you, I think, I mean, we liked everybody we shot with. Obviously, we like each other because, you know, we shoot together. Um, but, you know, there we, we liked everybody, but there were definitely, some, to, to me at least, there were some standouts. Um, that I think we, I got, we, not that we got along with better, but, uh, you know, we, we talked to you guys a little bit more. We talked to Casey a little bit more. Um, you know, it was, it was interesting to, to get your perspective on things, especially since you guys shoot internationally. Um, so we've definitely mentioned you guys and Casey uh, a few times and, and we hope that we can obviously have you guys back. Um, but yeah, no, I, you guys are definitely some standouts to, to at least me. I don't know how the other guys feel about it, but. 
Yeah. I mean, there's some uniqueness with you guys. There was uniqueness with Casey. And I think the other part that kind of pushed it over the top was the last night being able to sit down at the award ceremony and just kind of get to know the four of you and have that informal chat um, was nice. But I mean, it was obvious, and I'll let you talk in a minute, Chris, sorry, um, <laughs> that it was obvious from shooting that you guys were probably the most experienced um, in our group. Yeah. So that was also, you know, and, and you guys were not from the United States, so it, it made it very unique. I, I feel the same way. I think it was awesome. I think you guys are great. I just love hearing about all the differences between, you know, everything up in Canada versus here, uh, especially like, you know, the shortage on ammunition that we're having here, and yet you're not having it there. Uh, and I think that was just, you know, pretty interesting to have that conversation. And uh, uh, I just think you guys were great. You guys are awesome shooters um it was it was nice to watch you guys when you guys would go up before me because i could sit there and go oh so that's what they're doing huh <laughs> i'm like you copy that <laughs> i've been i've been combining mine chris's and leo's shooting videos and putting them on our youtube channel and you don't know how many times i've been going through the video watching and here would be lise yep uh, on deck walking through her plan so it was very interesting. <laughs> that is not a bad thing, by the way. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we really enjoyed shooting with you guys. You're all, you know, great people. And that's part of the fun thing is getting to meet so many different people. And um, I mean, I'm probably not one that tends to talk a lot when I'm shooting. So I hope, you know, I don't come across as being, you know, stuck Step up. up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no it was definitely nice having a little more time to chat with you individually you know on the awards night so um yeah yeah I, to me that's one of the things i really enjoy about going to the matches is just finding some uh, nice people to chat with learn more about them i know some people take the matches serious very seriously which is great but I think you can take the shooting seriously, but still have a good time at the match, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, absolutely. Um, when you're on deck, you're shooting, you pay attention, and other times you chat to the guys and have a good time. Yeah, and I mean, I like bouncing ideas off other people. You see someone, oh, they're gonna start over there. So, you know, what's your thought on starting to the left versus the right? Or, you know? and, and some people don't like that. So sometimes it's, you know, you don't, you might maybe not sure if, if that's the right person to approach with that kind of thing, but uh, I hope people feel that we are approachable in that sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. You're very approachable because I know a couple of times I'm like, I think you were behind me uh, on, mo on most of the stages. Yes. So I, I kind of would like, like, uh, Dave was saying, I'd watch you kind of walk your stage plan, and I'm like, going, okay, are you starting there? And you were like, yeah, I'm starting over here. And I'm like, okay, all right. And I'd watch you walk through your stage plan, because <laughs> I might have had something completely different. And I'm like, oh, well, that looks like that's easier way she's doing it. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of times Huggy had things a little bit different. Um, yeah. Few <laughs> times, but it helped that you like we Huggy and I were shooting production, and you like like Dave said, you were definitely the most experienced. I think out of the three of us, at least, and. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily on the squad, but the most experienced with the I think the best head on her shoulders. Um, you know, there were a couple people that tended to wander, which is fine. Um, <laughs> I would definitely watch you, and I was like, okay, like my plan is very like okay. I just need to see when she's gonna reload, um, and then it would go out the window because I would miss. Um, but at least in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna reload where Elise is gonna reload because she's got the right idea and she can count and hit target. It took a long time to get there, though. It's like, oh man, first couple of years of shooting, and it's like, ah, oh, ran dry again. <laughs> so we have talked nationals to death in our um, podcast. So here's here's my question to you guys. You guys shot our nationals, and obviously you've shot Ipsic, and I hear that there are differences, uh, typically in the way the stages are set up. How, what did you guys think of nationals compared to like um, a European extreme or something, some other major Ipsic match? Right. Oh, it's a really good match. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. Probably the biggest, there's a couple big differences between USPSA and Ipsic. And one of them is in Ipsic, they have the three, two, one rule for a match. And that is you have to have three sh short stages for every two medium stages for every one long wow. stage. Okay. So you go to a USPSA match and they're mostly medium and long stages, you know, 20 some rounds up to 32. But in IPSE, you have to have a whole lot of short stages. So there's, uh, there's that difference. Um, the other difference I would say is probably on average in IPSC matches, just a little more technical. So uh, there'll be tighter targets, um, lots of no shoots, you know, some really tough leans or prone or um, weekend. a lot more weekend, that kind of thing. So they do throw a little bit more of that at you. Although this, this USPSA Nationals did have a lot of swingers, so those definitely were uh, added to the uh, challenge and technical factor of the match. Well, and then there was the bobber where you had steel in front and steel behind. Yeah, to mess around with you. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Oh, when I broke the stage. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see you do that again. Best <laughs> shot I've ever made in my life. I managed to hit a cable from over 20 yards away, and I could never duplicate that. So, so what, what is considered a short stage in, in IPSEC? Yes. Uh, that's a really good question. What is it? Uh, is it just the number of rounds? Yeah, it's 12 rounds, I think. Maybe wow. it's up 15 rounds. Yeah. So so what would be the limit on like a medium stage then? Is up to 24 uh, rounds, I believe. Okay, so a long stage. So it's not necessarily distance we're talking. We're just talking by short stage, meaning 
a quick right. stage because there's only like 12, 12 rounds each. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you'll get, um, so to make it interesting, so it's not all the short stages just shooting in boxes, you might have a stage that looks as big as a U normal USPSA, USPSA stage that you shoot, but we'll only have a few targets. So you still have to do a lot of running, but it's run here to hit one target and then run over there to hit another target kind of thing. So, okay. Yeah. So what did you guys think about the infamous stage 19? Oh, the long one. <laughs> like, the one we shot oh, in all the running. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> we another thing you'll find in IPSC is on average, I think you'll find the targets are further out. So um, there's more focus on a little bit of the longer shooting. So to us, the long targets were not too troubling because we see them all the time. But uh, the long run on the rocks in the rain wasn't uh, wasn't <laughs> a lot of fun though. <laughs> and and I was I was looking forward to that stage. I was looking forward to the long shots, but I think it made a difference once they draped the plastic over and you really kind of lost the aiming point, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I yep. hate I those covers. I, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. don't like shooting the plastic at all. No. I mean, it was just a big blob, and you just had yeah. to kind of aim in the middle of the blob. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So would stage two have been something more like a um, an Ipsic stage? That was the last one we ended on where we had the – Oh, <laughs> oh! Was that the memory stage? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like memory stages. Yeah, <laughs> I. Well, they're not my favorite because <laughs> I end up shooting at one target twice. But yeah, you will see those. I get, there's not how would I put it? Not a whole lot of them, but in a big match, you'll probably have. One, we have got a, 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 big mat, a big level three that run up here every year. That's a match director's favorite is to confuse people with that incredibly hard to understand. Now is that, but distance wise and movement wise, is that more like an Ipsic stage? Um, yeah, distance wise, yes. And movement, the how would I put it? Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it's it was freestyle in the sense that you could take a number of the targets from different, different places. So, which they really, again, try to emphasize in IPSC, I which think, they do in USPSC. Yeah, too. and I think in EPSIC too, a lot of the stages you'll see people could start in different spots. Like it's not an obvious place to start, so you know, you might have half of your spots starting here, the other half starting over there. So it's just a nicer mix, I think. Yeah. Less use of, of official standing. start positions. Yeah, start, yes. So okay. less straddling stick or heels touching or they really, really try to encourage just have a big shooting area and don't tell shooters anything. Just start anywhere and go at it.
And, and what about things like unloaded starts or, you know, hands above shoulders or, you know, the seated starter, the gun on the barrel? What about stuff like that? Yeah, probably yeah, they have that. You might even have a little bit more of that. Um, although there's a limit to how many unloaded starts they can have and that kind of thing. But they, yeah, they're big on um, on uh, unique things like that. For example, one one stage we shot at the, the world shoot, you actually had to put your wrists into a rope. It was almost like handcuffs. And so you had each of your wrists in a rope that went then went through a loop. And so to to move, you sort of had to let one hand go and grab the gun with the other hand and shoot a few. And anyways, they come up with weird, really weird, unique uh, uh, setups like that, which I kind of find interesting. Sounds like a uh, Mission Impossible movie. Were like, you in Amsterdam? I was like, were you in Amsterdam when you did that shoot? <laughs> France, but eh, okay. close enough. I thought it was like a Fifty Shades of Grey type thing. Yeah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I was hoping, but you know, <laughs> All didn't <right>. happen. <laughs> well, next question. Question number so, two. <laughs> so, so, so I guess the big thing is, you know, we've talked about, you know, what you shoot. Kind of how you shoot differences with USPS and everything. What what got the two of you into competition shooting? Well, we had uh, we're new to shooting generally. Yeah. We had started just a little bit before, a, a year or two before Ipsic, but um, I would have put it. We we're enjoying going to the gun range, but we we're getting a little bored just shooting. Uh, Targets. <laughs> Paper targets at a specified distance and from the bench. <laughs> from the bench. And then I someone told us about Ipsic. We looked at it on the web and said, okay, yeah, that's we gotta get us some of that. That uh, looks a lot more fun. So so we we shoot that. We've shot uh, a lot of other uh, three gun, two gun, CQB. I-Core. <laughs> Ipsic shotgun, Ipsic rifle. We actually started CQB. with CQB. Really? Yeah. How'd you guys end it, up shooting CQB? That was interesting because Canada's kind of unique. You, we shoot CQB at the military base, and you'll have people in the armed forces shoot with you as well. We do that in service rifles. So they're both rifle and uh, in handgun. Which are all right. So we used to do that. Yeah, we're not. The government just banned all our uh, semi-automatic rifles, so we can't do that anymore. Are you Are you crying? I'm crying. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that our next administration might want to try to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so now I've shot um, NRA rifle, high-power rifle. And they have their definition of service rifle. When you shot CQB, what's the definition of a service rifle? So, uh, well, there might be different terminology here. So at the, we shot CQB and then service rifle is actually a different discipline. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, 
for e either of them. Um, actually, a service rifle, they did have a specific platform that you had to use. It had to be in use by the military. CQB, they didn't have that. But CQB is 50, uh, 50, yard, 50 meters and closer in, whereas the service rifle was out to 500 meters. Okay. Yeah. So was it what a platform that any military used or specifically Canadian? Uh, I think uh, specifically Canadian. So pretty much everybody had an AR. It yeah. was the, did anyone have anything other than an AR? The odd person might have used an old Milserp because it was officially military at one point, but uh, just for fun. When um when I shot in array high power, it was the same way. Most people are now shooting an AR platform, um, but M14, M1, those were all allowed as well because they were military service rifle as well open sight meaning iron sight only so actually if you're shooting an m14 or which is technically military anyway an m1 version rifle that had to be iron sights if you're shooting an ar platform you could use an optic because the military had gone to an optic by then oh okay so it's kind of okay. like i actually had an m1 that i was using and i'm like why are all these people with ARs, why are they shooting with optic? And I had been out of the game for so long, I didn't realize they were allowed to have a one to four power optic on their rifle. So I was shooting at a disadvantage. Oh. And it showed. <laughs> <laughs> so, what distances did you go out to in that? Um, with that, with NRA, it's out to a thousand yards. Wow, so, iron sights. 900 meters, yeah. Well, I competed um, when I, I was on a Marine Corps rifle team one summer, 1990. That's not to let you know how old I am, but I, I was shooting M14s at 1,000 yards with iron sights. Wow. So I did better at 1,000 yards than I did at 200 standing. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> wow. Enough about me. <laughs> you have anything chris you'd like to ask uh i i think a lot of the questions have already been asked uh and my i asked my big question at the beginning before everything because i'm so excited uh when mike was telling me the story about what happened to his uh his gun when before nationals and after that i always wanted to know like when they got back home like did it make it home you know and uh, I thought that was the still, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting to me. I just, uh, I mean, you guys are awesome. Uh, I thought you guys were like one of the top shooters to me. Uh, Mike, you always, you actually, I loved how watching Mike and Lee shoot, but it was like, oh my god, can I keep up with him? And then I'm like, nope, can't. I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm saving my version of that story for the end because I don't think they've heard it on the other podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I was like, oh, nope, mm -mm, can't do it. And then, uh, of course, Leo and I got into our own little uh, 
betting war amongst each other. And I was like, man, okay. I, I think I, Leo and I can keep up with each other. I can't keep up with these two. Didn't hear you, Leo. I don't know if you're on mute. I, I was on mute. I was just talking to a mic by myself. Um, I did not win that bet. <laughs> Have you guys been shooting at all since then? Uh, Huggy and I will be shooting to not tomorrow uh, on Saturday, but that's probably going to be the last shoot for me, at least until the season kind of picks up again. Um, mostly because of ammo also because of, I, that's why I mute myself a lot. Cause I have two, I would love to stay small, but one is a giant child. Uh, so two children <laughs> that take up a, a large portion of my time. No, the, the young one is the biggest one. He's it's absurd. Um, but yeah, between those two, the wife, the, the dogs and, you know, work the, yeah, but I will be doing a lot more dry firing because as I learned, I need to practice. <laughs> we all. Yes. <laughs> um, some more than others, you know. <laughs> I didn't finish last. <laughs> Always that. I did not finish last. That's right. That's right. That's all that I matter mm -hmm. to me. It's like as long as I didn't finish last or get DQ'd, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Truth. So I don't want to uh, rub it in or anything, guys, but I uh, picked up 100,000 primers on Monday, so. Oh! I, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want to rub it in. He's like, I don't want to rub it in. And, and then he kept going. But I'm going yeah. to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm compelled to let you know. It's fine. It's fine. So I'm going to practice this this winter. <laughs> Uh, and see, we that's can't what I love go about Mike. to like buy some off of him because the borders are closed because they're smart and are keeping us out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you'll be. Um, you had mentioned earlier that you don't shoot your open gun in the winter because you shoot indoors and it's way too loud. So I assume you'll be loading regular nine mil and shooting your carry optics gun. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that makes it easy, then I can just r r run the ammo that we can both use and we don't have to carry separate ammo cans and that kind of thing to the match. Oh, that's so cute. You guys will share an ammo can. I know. <laughs> so, so for the audience, let them know what your average winter day is like temperature-wise. <laughs> Depends. Are we talking January or...? <laughs> Okay, let's let's go. How about an average day in November, January, and March? So November and March are crazy. You probably get a bit of this down there where literally we swung from uh, below freezing temperatures and snow to the last few days we've had temperatures in the 70s. Which is highly unusual in November. Here. Very unusual. Yes. Okay. So and you get. Yeah. Go ahead. March is like that too, just wild swings. Just mm. January and February just do not come here. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's cold. It's, it's noted. Minus, minus, I'd say minus 30, but that's what my. What. Yeah. Some days it's so cold that you're breath actually freezes in the air what's uh minus 30 in freedom height 
is what is probably it in, a, in Fahrenheit, America? <laughs> the rest of us can understand what you're saying. Yeah, so it'd be like minus, I don't know. Uh, Sorry, I know so, having to do the conversion is horrible for the the, the, the one country that doesn't do it right. <laughs> Math's hard. That's why I have Dave uh, do all my math. It's pretty gets pretty close, I think, down around that temperature. So it's cold. Uh, yeah. Very negative, cold. It's negative twenty-two degrees for us. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's. I'm not. Listen, I like you guys, but not enough to do that. I, I'm not. I'm not built for that. Yeah. And uh, we'll get Are some sure? dates. We literally have frostquakes here. I'm sorry. What now? Frostquakes. That's no. No. So Never. You'll hear a big crack in the middle of the night to wake you up. It's because it's gotten so cold. And the ground is freezing, and then it just there starts to be cracks or fissures in the ground. Nope. You won't. It's not like a hole you'll fall in, but it will literally. Dude, you hear I'm out. Nope, I'm out. Nope. Sorry. I can't in my yard near be a massive fissure. No. <laughs> I may as well move to Florida and live near a sinkhole. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> just come here, like in July. Or June. Is your house still going to be standing after the the freezing quake thing? <laughs> Is there what? Is the your house, house still going to be there after the frozen earth? Just uh, yes. Yeah, they make sure we put the foundation below the frost line here. So. Oh gosh. How Pretty many much meters? Is <laughs> More than one. Yes. <laughs> I know a meter is long. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. Actually, meteors strike the earth, but that's okay. <laughs> that jokes this guy. <laughs> so, how do you guys, earlier you said you went from getting tired of shooting the same old thing at the range, so someone told you about Ipsic. How do you go from that to shooting Ipsic to traveling the world and competing? Well, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it to excess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, well, we, uh, how would I put it? We have a very active Ipsic community around here, so we can literally shoot a, one match every week if we wanted to, or probably multiple matches. So there's lots to do here, but I guess as we got more involved, we first started just shooting matches around the country. We like to travel. We've moved around a lot before too, so we're used to travel. And just it, as we got more comfortable with that, figured, ah. Give it a try. Give it a try doing uh, matches out of the country. And um, yeah, we've really enjoyed it. We've got the time to do it now, so that's obviously critical, but. So it's combining the shooting with traveling. So we kind of, you know, make a vacation out of it that we get to shoot too. So that's fun. <laughs> okay. So along those lines. If some of your listeners are couples who shoot together, I probably wouldn't recommend that you like drive anywhere together in the foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> I drove with Dave. We made a very cute couple. We did. <laughs> <laughs> 20, sure people talked about like 28 us. hours together in a vehicle. It was fine. Oh, 
good. Well, that's better than us then. She refuses to be my navigator in a foreign country ever again. So, oh boy. but let's there's, not go there. There's a story there somewhere. <laughs> Next time. No one died, okay? <laughs> we don't want a domestic issue on our yeah. podcast, so we're going to skip point, that story. Point. So then, then on that note, what's the best country you've traveled to for sh- like to shoot slash vacation? Um, We're not going to talk about the worst one because you know. I, I think I enjoyed the Czech Republic. I don't, I don't know. It's just the, an old, you know, country. But it was the food was good. The beer was good. That was, beer was really, the beer is really good. Yeah, I, and I ate stuff that I'm like I don't know what this is, but <laughs> we're gonna eat it. It's yeah. fun. I like the Estonia. Yeah. Oh, we wow. went to a match there called the Baltic Storm. Estonia is really neat because it's a, a former um, Russian, I guess, uh, influenced territory. So there's still vestiges of the old order there. It's funny. All the young people speak English and all the old people speak Russian. So if you go into a store, you look for the young person because you know they're going to be able to talk to you. Um, so it's a cool little country, but the um, match we went to called Baltic Storm was really neat. At first we thought, you know, where are we? Are we, is this a deliverance type of thing? We're following the map and you turn off and you're going through the middle of nowhere and yeah. in this big forest and it's like, okay. And then you go past a huge pile of tires and you're, Okay, I'm not sure this is right, but you get there into the woods and they've got 40 stages. You shoot 20 stages a day in five hours. So literally there's squads of like five people. Yeah. You don't do any patching. Oh, or the the European part. model is you don't, other people do that stuff for you. Yeah, so no you patching, don't do patching, no setting. Oh, you nice. get to a stage, you've got two minutes to look at the stage. You all just shoot, blam, 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 next stage, next stage, next stage. You do that 20 stages, and then you come back the next day, and you do 20 more, just like that. But you don't remember anything. Like, after shooting, oof, that you're just, that night. But it's incredible. They have really interesting props, really creative uh, stage design. It's literally, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it is, that was was that the one with the noose, too? Yeah. <laughs> They're not politically correct there, either. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. I guess I, won't, I guess I won't be shooting that stage. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, okay. Wow. Maybe, maybe I could be like a Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Now, is that an Ipsic match, or is that just a... Okay. Ipsic. Yeah. All right. So have you been able to, um, all these different countries you go to, have you been able to communicate okay while you were there? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we're lucky, I guess, speaking English. Most places, someone will know enough English to point you in the, uh, the, the right, right direction. direction. Um, Italy, big cities are fine. When we went there, we stayed in this tiny little town, which is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And pretty much no one spoke English there. 
But, you know, if you you point at a piece of bread or something. Yeah, we learned a few words. So, like, you know, uh, what was the pizza, the formaggio, quattro formaggio or something. Or cheese pizza. <laughs> yes. It's on every pizza joint go. menu. So we get to learn a few words and then, you know, at least we'd know what we were yeah. having for dinner. I don't oh, think we something were... weird, though. Didn't you try? Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, when you're in these countries, you might as well see what the, try what the locals eat. But I don't think we were ever in a scenario where we were too concerned that communication was going to cause issues. You know, other than with the police at the airport. I was about to say, yeah. Right. Yeah, one time. <laughs> and that's when it matters most. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, I don't I don't think you guys listened to it. Um, but in our third episode, I, I think it was, oh, no, it was. Um, fourth episode, because, yeah. Fourth episode which was the final nationals one we were talking the night before about goals. And I said, I wasn't going to talk about mine because it involves somebody and that somebody was you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what it was is I thought you were shooting very well. So what I was trying to do, because I zeroed that stage, I knew that I wasn't going to end up where I was hoping to end up. But I was like, if you, you were the one that I was like, I'm just trying to keep up or catch Mike. That's what I'm trying to do because I, again, I thought you were shooting very well. So I was trying to use you since I, overall, I wouldn't know where I was going to end up because of that stage. I was like, at least with each stage, I could use you as a gauge as to where I was shooting. So you actually were my inspiration. Oh, there you go. I, don't, I find it, it's always great to uh, have someone of uh, similar um, similar capabilities and, yeah, just to uh, help push you and keep you uh, on it. I know I think my day one was pretty good. Day two, I day one, I my plan was I lately have been going way too fast and not scoring well so i said okay this is focus on this was going to be the alpha match so i think day one i did pretty good day two i let it fall off the rails a few times and went to bad habits but i think i regrouped but that's just a wonderful thing about this eh? it's just it looks so easy and really it is but you can mess it up so many ways it's I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. You can end up trying to shoot better than you think you can. And exactly. Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Yeah. Always. It sure is. Or you have a few good stages, and then uh, I think one of my issues is if I have bad stages, I have to kind of leave it back there and focus on the next stage. But that's I find that difficult to do. Well, oh, that's really difficult for me because I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, and and I actually found out something in trying to keep up, Mike, and that was 
I think there have been plenty of times I've been shooting too conservative because, okay. because I think what I found was I made a few mistakes here and there by trying to go faster, but I felt like I was making my transitions faster than normal because I was actually shooting with a little more sense of urgency. And I think I have a tendency to not shoot that way at times. Right. So I actually learned something during that time. So it actually worked out in the long run too. Perfect. That's great. Well, that's, yeah, sometimes it's hard to uh, remind yourself that an alpha is an alpha, whether it's just on the uh, scoring border <laughs> or in the or right dead center. And yeah. the extra time that dead center is not worth it. So, absolutely, totally agree. So one thing we uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> one thing we really enjoyed is after the race gun nationals, we shot the staff match and then we worked the oh, yeah. the uh, match. So um, we had the the pleasure of watching some really good shooters uh, go through, and uh, that was always fun. How would I put it though? Very humbling though, when uh, <laughs> you think you had a good stage. And it took you 24 seconds, and then uh, Christian Sailor blows through and does it in 12 seconds and <laughs> gets the same points. As yeah, that, yeah. That, it, it's really funny you, you talk about him because I was literally showing uh, one of the the other Dave, so the the Dave I work with now at the academy. Um, he was asking me about you know shooting and everything, and I'm like, oh, like you can go and watch, you know. Dave and Huggy and I shoot and he's like oh cool 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 and I'm like okay now watch a professional shoot and he watched uh Christian Saylor's like national reel basically and he was like oh yeah you guys are moving in quicksand I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you I already knew that but I you confirming it just made me feel better about myself so thank you <laughs> yeah so so tell us what since we all shot carry optics and production nationals together, give us your thought on the race gun nationals and how it compared stage to stage with the other nationals we shot. Cause I know there are some differences. Yeah. Well, the biggest surprise for me was uh, typically if they're doing a conversion to a race gun match, they'll make it trickier. Like a couple of years ago, I shot the Nationals and they had the same back-to-back -back format and they pushed a lot of the targets further out. Um, they made a lot more partial shots. More no-shoots. Um, yeah, no-shoots. So it got more challenging. And this time they actually did the opposite. They got rid of a lot of the start positions so you had more flexibility where to start. I think on average, they, the targets were pretty similar. If they made any changes, they actually made them Probably. less challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, their, uh, I guess their thought was just, uh, it's a race gun match, let's have people race. Like, <laughs> encourage people to, to, to let a rip, I guess. So, uh, surprisingly, it was a less challenging match than the production carry optics match 
Um, didn't mean it was uh, less challenging to score well because, of course, all the good shooters are just flying through there. <laughs> Makes for good videos because they're going so fast. <laughs> Truth. Interesting. Yeah. I find so we that got, we all got to buy race guns. <laughs> <laughs> we always got to buy race guns and shoot. And, and learn oh. how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. I actually find that kind of disappointing that it, it actually became easier because, uh, you know, you see some of these guys uh, in the top 10 or even the national champ post some videos. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they starting there when we had to start over there? And why is that target not there anymore? I was I really kind of it was disappointing to see what you're saying and you're confirming what I was wondering was. They made it a little bit easier. I think I like the option of starting where you want because it gives you more flexibility, but I also think it makes it a little bit easier per se because you can mm -hmm. really start where at your strength and move through the stage, whereas you may be stuck in an area where, you know, you're kind of – it's not the best shot for you. You need to move somewhere else first. So it is a little less challenging, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun for me, though, because I get to have more rounds in my bags. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you I shot it all days. I sh yes, I shot it as well. But I shot with my shadow, and uh, I just got to use. She shot, uh, she shot limited minor. Okay. So she got to use my carry optics uh, mags. So nice. she really enjoyed having to change mags after yes. uh, 10 rounds. Although you can see in some of my videos, I go to change mag. Like I'm reaching back to grab a mag, and I was like, oh, I don't have to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a hard habit, hard habit to get out of. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I find myself doing that sometimes, too, because in Canada, the gun laws are uh, pistols are limited to 10 rounds. So even open is open 10. Yeah. Oh, so it's like California. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Only colder. <laughs> yeah. So then, if, if, where do you get your, like, what do you do with your extended magazine or what would be considered extended magazines then? And don't, you don't have to answer that if you're going to incriminate yourself. Yeah. That, we won't broadcast it in Canada. <laughs> so, how's that weather? <laughs> <laughs> My boat sank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time the canoe sinks, um, you know what? As uh, I, and I have to do this when we travel to uh, Europe as well. As a Canadian traveling to uh, big matches, in addition to your guns and ammo and other equipment, you have to bring a rivet gun, a rivet gun rivets, and a drill. <laughs> what? Wow. So we have riveted mags that will only hold 10. You get to the States, you take out the drill, you drill out the rivet, you're good. Before you go home, you put the rivet back in. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, that's good and to know for us down here when yeah. we go to. <laughs> yep. um, I don't know about going to Canada anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I riveted something, I almost lost a finger. So... <laughs> I'm going to let Dave do the riveting. Uh, 
You don't okay. need your fingers. You're fine. I'll let my wife do it. She's better at that stuff than I am. There you go. It'd be like bedazzling your uh, magazine. There you go. I think I just worked the overtime. I'm going to buy me some 10 mags. Around that. California <laughs> compliant magazines. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Might be easier that way. Save some yeah. fingers. Oh, there you go. Riveting. Okay, well. It's hard to shoot. I got <laughs> I got some pinky. Yeah, that's all I got left. So there's uh, we we shoot sometimes just drive down to Michigan and Ohio. There's some big matches there where a lot of Canadians shoot, and it's pretty entertaining. After the match, you see all these people with their pickup, uh, the the back down, <laughs> riveting all their mags. And, wow. And just, wow! Now that was back in the good old days when the border was open. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. Mm. Oh, one day we'll get back to it. Better in 2021. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. It's hard to cross it? bump pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll see what Pfizer comes out with because apparently they got something, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think once they get start getting people vaccinated, the everything will change. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Sure. But I will say I'm still envious of you of having uh, all those primers because uh, <laughs> if, yeah. if I showed you like my my setup is down here where I'm at right now and my uh, reloader is over on the other side over here and uh, it's actually kind of sad. <laughs> I'm like I look at it going like I I would like to be doing something right now but I can't because I after this I'm like. We have no more bullets, and or well, actually, fix the zombie bullets. Well, they're already done. By the way, oh, okay. Well, what? disregard then. Yes, the, zo the zombie bullets are the ones that caused us the problems in Florida. They were too long. Oh yes. See what we what we found was the actual projectile we went to, um, when we loaded it, or when Chris loaded it. Let me change that. When Chris loaded it. <laughs> Uh, and I say that because I don't want to say we, Chris does all that work. So True. I'm giving him props for doing all of that work. This is not, Thousands. um, but we did, we all did agree to switch bullets and the bullet shape was different. Yeah. So you have to actually shorten the length of the overall bullet. And that's what was causing us problems. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, so, we were, we were shooting, uh blue bullets and then we switched to a different company and, not a sponsor uh, yeah exactly not a sponsor <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh and i will have to say it was my fault because when everything kind of seemed to be the same but yet it wasn't and i mean it's like a hundredth off and that's what caused the problem because I was loading at 1.125 inches overall length and this one that we switched to has to be down at 1.085 and I will oh, that's see that difference. yeah oh yeah trust me after yeah. you after I have made that change I mean it's a it's a hell of a difference and uh, it's, it's amazing I already 
tested them, chrono them, and it's amazing the difference in these two bullets. So, um, you know, I have to say, you know, in this podcast, thanks to my partners, Dave and Leo, they were very understanding of everything, but I've got everything fixed now and we should be good to go. Um, but right now we are short on primers. And he's on. And apparently that's all he had to say about that. <laughs> I'll see you later, Chris. He, he paused himself, I think. I don't know how he did that. He's wearing a headset. He's not even close to the thing. Hey, hey, hey! What? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it said on. For can't take you, you said something wrong. Man. I had to buzz you out. Apparently, I said something about primers. So, are there less people shooting matches now that ammo's getting so hard to find down yeah. there and primers and that? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's it's interesting. There was a night match, uh, not match, but a, a course for night shooting scheduled at one of the ranges that we go to, uh, Shadowhawk Defense up in West Virginia, and uh, they ended up canceling it because they they had low enroll, like there weren't enough people. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, there's Shout just. Hawk is where Area 8 was held. Oh, okay. So also, not a sponsor, but Lynn and Randy, shout out to Lynn and Randy. <laughs> well, in a way, they are sponsors because it was them that is the whole reason we were able to get to Nationals. Truth. Uh, Shadowhawk Defense sponsor. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I talked to them. They're, they're family members of mine. And. Yeah, they just haven't – the matches are just – they're very low numbers and just be, between everything going on down here and ammunition and the cost of buying a gun right now, just people aren't spending the money to, to go to even, you know, the $30, which is fairly inexpensive for a match around here. But even that's just people aren't going. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're lucky. Generally, we get to shoot for free because we act as the range medics. Um, so we don't have to pay, which is nice, but at least there. Um, but yeah, just people aren't aren't shooting right now. And I was um, yeah. I was just reading an article through the end of October. Um, there's been 18.6 million guns sold this year, which same the beat the current the previous record by two million guns through that point of this year so they sold 1.8 million in october alone so people are willing to pay the, the more money for the gun just not enough money for the bullets but, yeah i mean it's hard to get them because there are so many new gun owners and yeah. with everything going on so it's makes for a difficult situation true so I guess they're gonna have to sell a thousand, thousand bullets for a thousand bucks and throw in a free gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just let us know where your boat capsized. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that stinking canoe. I'm gonna find that guy. Right. <laughs> just make sure. Uh, all all my buddies in this. All my buddies in the states are like driving down with your primers. Uh, I'd love to, but the border's closed. Hopefully yeah, soon. I have scuba gear, by the way. 
<laughs> well, now, now we're talking. <laughs> you only need one set. It'll fit both of you. One in each side. <laughs> People can see the video. They know how big we are over here. Yes. It's all the hormones in the meat. <laughs> They're good for you. Say, hey, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I would be honest. I just didn't push away from the table. <laughs> I asked for seconds. Who doesn't, you know? I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Does anybody have any other questions? No, uh, I, I, I don't have this anything. This has been awesome. This has been awesome to actually catch up with you guys and to see what you guys have been doing and hear what's been going on. And Man, I'm telling you, you guys are so awesome because you guys can travel and to hear the stories about where you guys have gone over in Europe, that's awesome. Uh, I was lucky enough to actually spend uh, three years over in Germany but I was over there playing football in the World League uh, at the time. Uh, it's no longer. It's it's gone. But anyway, definitely not a sponsor. Definitely not a sponsor. Yeah. Um, where were you in Germany? Uh, in Frankfurt. I was uh, playing for the Frankfurt Galaxy at the time. So I was trying. I was trying to make my way into the NFL some way somehow. Not Didn't happen. Cool. So. Yeah, so, but it's great to hear these stories about, you know, you all shooting over there and, and the fun you have because now I hope other listeners go, wow, hey, maybe we'll try to this. I know, I'm hoping that my partner's here. Maybe we save some money up. <laughs> maybe go overseas sometimes. And then I can do my German accent when we're over there, yeah? Yeah. you know. I have a German last name. That would be cool. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe cool. we'll avoid the Czech Republic, though. <laughs> I'm too pretty to go to a Czech jail. I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Look at this face. You yeah. make some new friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's what he was afraid of. <laughs> the Czech are so friendly. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I, I I don't actually know, but oh, I don't know. But absolutely. I don't know. But Dave's face is frozen on my oh, phone, yeah. and it's a, the perfect. On us too. I broke Dave with humor. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> this is so awesome. <laughs> this is gonna go great when we put it on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what happened. Uh, your uh, face froze laughing. <laughs> I, and my computer was going. I had no idea what was going on. It was right. amazing. Oh, it looked it good. It was. It was. A, I wish I could have captured it because that was the best laughter face ever, dude. How do you say this? Well, I would anyway. like to thank you guys for coming on. It was um, awesome. It was nice talking to you guys, catching up. I know we've spoken about you since we left um national so it was very nice catching up with you and and being able to talk shooting again yes that was really nice uh, chat with you guys too nice to catch up and um, hopefully we'll see you at, at a match next year yes, yes. i hope so yeah absolutely yeah. Thumb, thumb pinky awesome. crossed. 
we will see yeah, you guys in a match again. After we find the canoe with the primers at the bottom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the map. Yes. <laughs> the treasure map. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, you guys have a wonderful evening. You too. You too. Take Thanks, care, guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm.